Can you imagine being 16 and mm, kissing a full-grown? Stop it. <laughs> Gary Busey no. in clown makeup Absolutely in a trailer so in West Virginia. In West fair, Virginia. Think of that smell. As a as a old man, I would Gary not Busey be kissing a, a 16-year-old. West Virginia. <laughs> There are good movies and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. A clue. We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find, centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. How many times is John Voight going to be a dad today? <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Dave? Well, this month we're reflecting on the sins of our past. Uh, we're going back and looking at movies we've seen before and in some cases held fond memories because the theme is hindsight is 2020. Last week, I brought a movie that I really cherished, Surf Ninjas, that... I mostly held up, I think. Whatever. I still had fun with it. Okay. But this week, our viewers brought something else for us entirely to watch, and it was a bit more hurtful to get through. Casey, what did we watch this week? This week, we brought National Treasure. Um, This was a widely requested <laughs> one on Instagram during Nick Cage month, but didn't quite. It was like, I think, two votes short of winning in whatever the fuck the last week was. So we knew we had to bring it back as an honorable, a.k.a. dishonorable mention. Um, yeah. When in doubt, slot two, in a Nick Cage film. Two-hour-long Disney Nick Cage film was illuminating <laughs> to our past and Forgot also kind of helped me find where a certain subset of men came from. How have they not made a park ride out of this yet? Look at my ideas, Dave. All right, Case, before we go too far, we're going to need an elevator pitch where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. You were told that the Halloween party was just through the crypt you climbed into, but all you found was an endless pit surrounded by rickety wooden stairs. The wood beneath you begins to crack and splinter, and you realize two figures are racing from the darkness to save you. In the 10 seconds before Sean Bean and Nick Cage fight over who saves you from certain death, sell us on this movie. The cinematic version of a compulsive liar competing with a yes and bro at the bar, but with Nicholas Elvis Cage and Sean Bean that lives through the whole fucking movie. Seven seconds. You put some vitriol in the end of that. Supposedly Sean Bean lives through most of his movies, but I don't think you should count the ones that don't have guns in them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or terminal diseases. Listen, uh, when I saw Sean Bean, the first thing I went to was, oh, it's Alex Trevelin, 006. He dies. Oh, see, I went with what's-his-face, son of man. He dies. Hang oh, on. it's the dad he from dies. Silent Hang Hill. On. He Wait dies. Wait a minute. Let's put a pin in 006, because there might be something there. We could ju- we could slot this into, that, into the time skip between when 006 falls off the map and when he comes back later on and we could also tie this in to 
um, The Rock, where he'd already worked with 007. Now he's working against 006. He's no, gotten he more of his treasure huntingness now that he can, you know, live through shit. This is what he's doing on the side now that after he turned in those tapes he found at the church at the end of The Rock. That would require Brosnan's bond to come before Connery's bond, and I don't think that works. No, no, I think we can do it, right? Because you have Connery's bond is retired from yeah. the 007 by the time he's put into The Rock. So Brosnan's bond is the active bond. Him and 006 go out oh, so and adventure a little bit. He work with Connery, but he's worked with the 007. Well, right. And then he right. goes and does The Rock, right, and works with the old 007, learns all about the whole system from Sean Connery, obviously, who tells him all about the bad shit that's going on. Then he goes and does the national treasure to get some funds, right? But- Disappears and then comes back. That like, hey, they are double O six. That's supposedly dead. Well, you know, I guess they left him in jail. He wouldn't know. Yeah, fuck those guys. See, now that's how all of those movies fit together. Fuck your cinematic universes. We just made a better one. We're just constructing the Sean Bean cinematic universe. (laughs) That's the only one that matters. (laughs) So Boromir's like a, I don't know, like a. Like Boromir. A, a, it's like an underworld four. We're just going back to somebody's ancestor who looks exactly right. Like it's like a person. Assassin's <laughs> Creed situation. If we're truly going to appreciate this national treasure, we're going to need to go over the movie that shitty cinema watched. Benjamin Franklin Gates is what would happen if Indiana Jones went to prep school. Listen to Emo and complained that nobody was into his conspiracy theories about secret treasure. In fact, most of the film he just rants about Knights Templar and Freemasons like the writers read a Dan Brown novel and had to beat him to the punch. Nick Cage does not listen to Emo in this film. His assistant does. Nick Cage is deep into rockabilly, garage rock. <laughs> Look at his fucking collar. That's not Emo. Also, I think Indiana Jones does complain about people not believing his conspiracy theories. He just punches them and then proves them right. <laughs> like Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Buzz. Don't punch me, bro. I, I, please punch me. I'm not going to deny it in anything. I just think it would be really Dave, cool. Ew, Dave, you're to too ready for that. Punch me, Space thing. Daddy. <laughs> you were too thing. excited. We're not going to kink shame you. It's all good. This is supposed to be our plot. Ben learns that his family is in possession of a secret that leads to a buried treasure. His family are all considered to be kooks, but Ben really believes that a $10 billion treasure trove is just waiting out there to be discovered. Working with Ian Howe, who's basically the man Elon Musk pretends to be in his tweets, Ben finds a clue to the treasure. God, the 50 cal. (laughs) Right? Ian turns on Ben, leaving him for dead, planning on stealing, get this, the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, which, uh, okay. It should be a deeply stupid, implausible plot that I would normally be all in favor of. But this is act one of the film instead of act three. Stealing the Declaration of Independence. Act one. Yeah, if this was an Ocean's Eleven heist, okay, fucking great. Maybe turn this into a trilogy. Right, this is Ocean's 75. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah, before we're tries, getting to this. Right, and it tries to capture all of the magic of an Oceans film, and it has the dramatic swoops of the camera, and it's just soulless. Soulless. Uh, they do at least cut it down and show us the heist as they're explaining it. You know, it's not Mission Impossible. We're not going back and forth all day long. <laughs> no, it isn't. But Ben does meet a lady on this heist. The director, Abigail Chase, initially tries to stop the heist. However, sometimes you got to do something wrong because it's actually right and you know it in your heart. <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I'll buy that if Nick Cage says it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Elvis-era Nick Cage like we're dealing with, this is, I believe, fresh off his divorce. The film wants me to believe that both Ben and Ian can it successfully is. infiltrate the National Archives at the exact same time from two completely different paths, and also that the Declaration of Independence is actually secure when Nick Cage can fucking do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two independent thieves steal at the same time secure. They're not completely independent, since Ben's motivation is to steal it so that Ian can't steal it, and he figures there's only the one time Ian can steal it. Ben manages to get out of there first. So when Ian and Ben abduct Abigail, Ben pursues and rescues her by trading a declaration knockoff to them. At this point, the FBI is full on after Ben since he used his credit card at the shop like a smart person. To the FBI's credit, they do swarm his apartment. However, the cops don't think to go to his goddamn father's house, which is in D.C., just a few miles away. It's like they're not even trying. They're cops. <laughs> D.C. cops. Oh, they're FBI at Ben's father's, they use lemon juice and a hairdryer on the Declaration of Independence to get a series of numbers off the back of it. <laughs> they have a lot of, did they have a lot of lemons back in D.C. in the 1700s? No, it's a, it's a reagent. Although I do, I do love that Nick Cage's first impulse was to just squeeze the lemon straight over the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. making a goddamn drink. I love that for him. <laughs> I I love that. What a simple guy. What a baller move. Like he goes and gets the jar of Q-tips and then was like, nah, raw, baby. We're making independent mojitos <laughs> with lemons. Next up, I'm going to use it as a coffee filter. <laughs> then they pay a child to enter a museum and read letters <laughs> that were written by Benjamin Franklin under a pseudonym to find the corresponding letter on a certain line based on the numbers from the back of the Declaration of Independence. But also, can you think about as an adult remembering that time a man sent you into a museum and gave you a dollar every time you came out and then another guy, a different dude, gave you like $50 to tell you what you said to that guy? Yeah, he gave him 100 bucks. Also, that kid got off fucking like like a kid. Right, he's like, was I almost trafficked? Like, I know, That's right? something that's no. going to really fucking turn his brain later. Considering that the $50 is the one that's going to stand out for that kid, in about 10 to 20 years, he's going to go, oh, I think I got a guy killed. <laughs> right. He's got to grapple with that. I might have. <laughs> and I My spent bad. that on a Nintendo game. If you're not following, it doesn't really matter. It's just an obscure clue that leads to the next clue, which leads to the next clue, which leads to the next clue. Yeah, that's Ben's father's point. He's not wrong. Well, okay, he shouldn't be wrong. He What's, is. 
even more wild is the film tries to make it out like Ben <laughs> is a genius and the only person who could figure out these clues, except Ian the entire time is one step behind him, which which sounds like it would make for a tense film, but the PG rating gets right in our way. Okay, but Nick Cage's character of, like, stringing everybody along of why he doesn't have a job yet and he's still treasure hunting, like, it's just on the horizon. It just sounds like a lot of my friends' baby daddies of why they can't pay child support. Mm. Of, like, oh, I'm about to get this job. Oh, I'm about to get this job. Oh, I'm about to get this better paying job, so don't even send it to this job. Ian, very obviously by his voice, not American. Did not have American history courses. So if he's keeping up, these are the bad guy, Sean Bean. Oh. Yeah. So if he's keeping up, these are obviously not particularly deep cut historical references. Exactly. Have you ever met a British person that, like specialized in American history. I mean, they have enough of their own atrocities to keep up with. Even in the third act of the film, after Ben's found all the clues, he commits a breaking and entering on a grave in the tamest way possible. It's like everyone ignores him so he can do illegal things at every stage of this movie. It's his collar. Hey, is that guy cutting a brick out of that historic cathedral midday in full sunlight? Just ignore it. He puts the brick back. He's wearing a suit, but it's casual. <laughs> Says he's to be taken seriously, but he's unorthodox. Ooh. He does things a little different. Ooh. Did you see my elbow patches? It's like wearing a doctorate on your mm-hmm. elbows. <laughs> at least at this point of the film, the crime is because Ian has Ben's father and friends as hostages. Like, hey, you're fucking okay. that grave. Let's get your Fair. dad out of there. Ben follows the path behind the grave, which leads to a secret passage, terminating in a 200-year-old wooden spiral staircase descending into the earth. Fuck that. Yeah, absolutely Absolutely fuck that. No. That didn't smell good. I'll be the first to say it. I bet that didn't smell good in there. That was an immediate, like, oh, look, a whole new phobia I didn't know I had. I I was like, I just, shoot me. Go go fuck yourself. I'm done. (laughs) Shoot me. I would rather jump off this than walk down it. No. Go fuck yourself. Absolutely not. After descending the staircase to hell, Ben convinces Ian the treasure is in another cathedral, and Ian leaves Ben and his friends to die deep below the earth. Plot twist! Ben finds a secret room. And then another secret room. Which, oh my God. Finally has the fucking treasure. And then the FBI shows up to say, nah, it's all good. You only committed, you know, a ton of crimes. Like, why would we care? As long as some person gets tossed in jail, who cares who that person is? And Ben says, have you met my friend Ian? It's PG, so this is the closest thing to death as we can get, Sean Bean. You Mm -hmm. count yourself lucky. All right, this just because it's right at the end of the movie, I just want to hit on this briefly real quick here. At the end of the movie, we learned that uh, Ian and his assistant and his new girlfriend got 1% of the money from uh, the findings of this. And then we caught on this mansion that Nick Cage got. And I did some quick mass, and they were splitting $100 million between them. And no, you didn't get that house for $50 million or less, Nick Cage. You absolutely did not. Oh, yeah, you could. It was some like some famous person had lived there. 
because Nick Cage started going off on some like, oh, there was a blah, no, blah. some historical person. Not that's not famous. Can I ask a really stupid question that I maybe have a point to have about asking? Sure. Okay. Is National Treasure the American Indiana Jones? No. It's what they were going for. Absolutely. <laughs> it was the Jerry Bruckheimer Indiana Jones. And he is American, but he does not speak for all of us. Fucking librarian Jones. And honestly, I am on board for the American Indiana Jones or really any like let's do an Indiana Jones in a more modern setting rather than the stereotypical either Egypt or generic ancient culture. <laughs> I want to sure. see him sweat. Sure. That's part of the appeal, David. So you either got to put him in a hot house. All right, hold on. Question for you then, Dave. Yeah. Does does the Phantom count as a Indiana Jones style movie? Ooh. Oh, it's a little heavy on the magic, but like I also do really love the Phantom. So <laughs> it's scratching the same itch, I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I I'm I'm down for the Indiana Jones with a different aesthetic, is what I'm saying here. And Sure. Uh, I really like that idea of doing a, a totally different aesthetic for it, which, I mean, they the sets were kind of nice in some of that. I'm trying to find something nice to say about National Treasure. Some of the sets um, were pretty good. Diane Kruger looked beautiful. True. Yes. Factual. John Voight was aging. Sean Bean didn't die. Yeah, Sean Bean didn't die. I, I love that for him. The explosion of the ship at the beginning of the movie looked really good. Um, even if it did really infuriate me that they immediately blew up the first piece of history that had been found from this family's legacy in, like, how long? Okay, yeah. I also hated that immediately. Let's, let's just um, walk through that scene, because this is our establishing... Like moment of Nicolas Cage's character as this like eccentric but correct conspiracy theorist. As well as Ian is the antagonist. Forgot this happened. Yeah. So they we learn that these we learn about these characters when they discover this long lost 200 year old ship that disappeared. In the North Pole. They find it in the North Pole frozen in the ice. And what do they do when they find this long lost ship? They immediately go below deck and start smashing shit up with a crowbar looking for the new conspiracy theory shit. Your link is showing. Yeah, well, okay, to be fair. Bust those pots open. Rupees. (laughs) Ben had at least given allusions to Ian or, or maybe Ian misinterpreted, but there was... Ian's understanding was that the treasure was on that ship and he yeah, was they, expecting to get rich there. They thought a $10 billion dollar treasure was on that ship. And you know what? Smashing up the useful bits of history to get to the shiny is classic Indiana Jones shit. So okay. <laughs> also, though, how could $10 billion fit on one tiny ship? I mean, inflation, fucking morons. a lot of gems and shit. Ten billion dollars worth. Yeah, I, I on don't a know. small ship that sh- it don't work. Cutting across the North Pole 
especially they're fucking noggins. They're supposed to be treasure hunters. This is their job, not mine. Why am I making sense? I'm 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 on Camp Casey's team here because she's making a really good point. When we see the treasure haul at the end, if it's only ten billion dollars and the amount the the massive, massive tens of if not hundreds of thousands of square footage that they have filled with shit. Yeah, that's fair. Think about uh the Gina Davis movie. Yeah, how are you getting that in a fucking ship? The Gina Davis treasure was only like a billion, I think. Not even. All right. Remember we had to look up like doubloons or whatever the fuck they were they used? I don't think it was in the billions, but um, right. I remember and that what you're was like about. a cutthroat cold ass fucking ship. Cold, cutthroat island, thank you. You're welcome. That was like the bottom half of a ship. All right. So Sean being stupid. But here's <laughs> Yes. <laughs> And Nick Cage is crazy, so who's worse? But here's where Nick Cage loses me, because as they search through the barrels on this ship, smashing them up like Link looking for rupees, they finally find a useful bit of history, (laughs) I guess, which is an old pipe with some carvings in it. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a merchant pipe. It's absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous craftsmanship. And Nick Cage's first impulse is to realize that the engravings on it are like some type of imprinting. So clearly, the only option is to cut open his thumb and bleed on the goddamn two hundred year old pipe. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing: if you think it's a stamp, do you know you can just read it backwards and what? you don't have to bleed on no. it? No. I don't. I case case. It's not as cool if he doesn't get a chance to take the stem off and roll it out on paper. To read the message. Come on. We're in the middle of an opioid epidemic. It's 2004. <laughs> you could drink that and get a buzz. You're in the North Pole. Why is your first impulse to take off your gloves for any reason? At Anything any at all. Yeah, Never I'm, I'm would you ever. Oh, you know what feels great? Cutting open your thumb and then sticking it in a glove. <laughs> I didn't see you put a Band-Aid on that finger, Nick Cage. That glove is going to be stuck to you. Yeah. Did they dump out, yeah, like, coffee yeah, or something? Is. I was like, no, it wouldn't. No, that shit would freeze before it hit the ground. It happens here sometimes. <laughs> it's absolutely fucking happening all the time in the North Pole. What are you doing? Don't think we're not watching. <laughs> I just I'm so furious that his first impulse is to bleed on the useful bit of history that they found. And then they blow up the rest of the ship. This is it's been missing for 200 years. This would have probably been really useful to a lot of people. Like we can learn shit about how boats were built from studying this. (laughs) They didn't even take any wood back with them to prove it fucking happened. I was also upset they never took pictures as they were like walking down into the ship like. You don't want to take pictures how it looked before you started breaking everything. So yeah. you could have just taken one fucking picture of the boat before and one after. And be like, this is what happened, but this is what it looked like. It did exist. And it's 2004, so we had digital cameras. Man, they tried to sell us some Nick Cage car, car chases as well. And it did not. It oh, didn't the, land the van chase? Yeah, the van chase. Ugh, that was so shittily cut that I was just like, I don't know. I'm just salty about this I mean, so you, much of this you could movie. Pick a scene and say that about it in this yeah, movie. That's yeah, that's fair. I, so my response to that, Casey, was gonna say, well, 
you know, yeah, 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 the action sucks and the cinematography sucks. And the really the scene is entirely carried by the score, which does all of the emotional heavy lifting in that. And then I realized that's the entire movie. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty much every scene. It's it, it was scripted by like a hyperactive child with too much sugar. In them. <laughs> There's a lot of really fun ideas for scenes that could be made, but they only right. got about a third of the way through it. It feels like a kid giving a really long pitch on all the fun reasons why you should want to spend the night at their house. And like, so my brother has a PlayStation. Um, we have a we have a freezer that is just pizza rolls. I've got three ska CDs and like just keep going on. Like we've did do you like dogs? Because yeah. we have two. It's it's a problem I call yada yadaing and it's the worst <laughs> in the fucking declaration of independence heist because initially Nick Cage's little assistant buddy whatever the fuck hacker Deus Ex Machina yeah, that the movie stand needs him, him to for the be. audience. Yeah. That guy tells Nick Cage all the reasons why stealing the declaration of independence is completely impossible and all the insane security and Nick Cage then says, aha, but during the party, it's going to be in this slightly less secure room across the hall. And the audience stand-in character just goes, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this could work. Why? <laughs> Why could that work any better? Nearly everything want... you just said is true still. It's just gaslighting the audience. He exists to gaslight the audience. We're all like, oh, well, if this totally sane dude believes it can be done, it can be done. Okay, and that's not unprecedented. There's actually, fuck, I can't remember who said it, but there's a famous interview uh, about science fiction where the audience will only ask so many questions. So you can just do shit like, oh, how does it travel faster than light? Oh, there's dilithium crystals. What do dilithium crystals do? Oh, well, they... Bend space time. All right, fine. Let's move on. Okay, let's talk about the boy he fucks. I do not remember his name. It's not no. Ben. But Riley, it's the other one. I'm not Riley no. Poole. What? Riley. Yeah. No, it is. It is. Riley's in love with Nick Cage. Nick Cage just uses him as a meat puppet. Um, <laughs> that's the dynamic for sure. Um, you say that every week. Okay, and I also say that these movies almost pass the Bechdel test every week. <laughs> it doesn't make it any less true. Both can be true. <laughs> you either Patterns need to read more for a or reason. less Yowie. I don't know. Power. Power Yowie. <laughs> more. The character of Riley, Nick Cage's assistant, boy lover, whatever he is, is absolutely grating on the ears on the eyes on the everything i don't know why i hated this character so much but god he was so smarmy it just they wanted to make a xander from buffy and they did not they did not i don't think it's the actor's fault i think it was terrible writing just like the rest of the movie is he really trying to be a Z i didn't watch buffy but i i'm vaguely aware of who xander is yeah, that was just an unfortunate product of the era. Yeah, but he was just so aggressively 2004 in his look, too. Where I'm just like, oh, God. What do, you, what do you mean an aggressive 
product of the era. That's still a dominant filmmaking technique of just the quippy character. No, 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 no. His dressing. His, oh, the way he, pre- the how dressing, he looked. The specific way that he quipped at it. Like, just give it another, like, literally, like, maybe like one Like, it or was a tame years. Hal Sparks. Like, Hal Sparks was really having a moment right then. And... We dodged this character being played by Shia LaBeouf by just an absolute hair's breadth. Yeah, by like four years. Chaz and Constantine. Yeah. No, I, oh, yeah. I think that's really why I'm getting that. Like, say, I don't like that character type. Damn it, David. Damn it, you. Ah, now I feel icky. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Remember that feeling. I, I can't even hate Riley because he just exists. For the movie to occasionally invent a new skill for him to have that it needs to advance the plot in some way. Hey, he knows one thing that Nick Cage doesn't is that oh, they yeah. didn't celebrate time saving back in the day. It hadn't been invented Daylight yet. savings. <sighs> no, they didn't celebrate it. We celebrate <laughs> it in the summer. We mourn it in the fall. Uh, okay, so Riley sucks. We've also got Nick Cage's, I, I guess, girlfriend at the end of the film, Abigail. I don't buy. Yeah. Her we won her. At all. She's part of the national treasure. I don't. I don't. They, if you, if you give the government ten billion dollars, they will also procure whatever woman you want as well, if that's <laughs> per the agreement. And he's like, "Buy me that one, please." I mean, she was in before works? they found the money. Yes. They kissed on yeah. the way down the staircase of hell. Because th- it's I'm either going to die or I'm going to be $10 billion richer. Hedge my bets. That's true. You know, there's no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, well, I don't buy the romance at all. I am glad that scene's included. No. Not because I buy it or I want to see them kiss. I just love immediately after that when we cut to one of the henchmen following them down the stairs who wistfully says, why does that never happen to me? And I just imagine that he's a he wants Nick Cage to kiss him. Yeah. Come on, baby. Daddy's going to get you some gold shoes. You know what? Love that for you, henchman. I really wish that it would happen to you. I hope it does. I wrote down that he was one of the most interesting characters. I want to know what has what his life is like. How did we get? He here? should be in a K drama because that's mm-hmm. those are the ones where your boss falls in love with you. Go be a poor girl at a rich CEO's company. Yeah, but Abigail like immediately being like, uh, I'm gonna defend the Declaration of Independence with my mind, body, and soul. I'm going to yeah. get into like three fucking unmarked vans for this thing, yeah. get held at gunpoint by Sean Bean, and then willingly get in a windowless van with Nicolas Cage and one other guy riding in the back. <laughs> I don't buy it. Danger. I don't buy it. I, okay. I don't either, but let me let me give you two things. One... They do spend a fair amount of time at the beginning making her out to be a super history nerd and Americana buff, which is a okay. But they also need to make her a ninja so she can defend herself because she can't fight worth shit and she's getting in a lot of dangerous situations at will, like hanging from the back of some truck doors while they're flying down the street, slamming, slamming, which is. 
is how she gets into a van with Nick Cage. So while right. I would normally agree but with she you jumping run. into a van with Nick Cage. And she willingly gets in that van later with him. Well, Stockholm Syndrome is a thing, Casey. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say she's probably a, a, like a psychopath and doesn't have a fear response. Maybe. Look, we got to advance the plot somehow. So while it's not super believable, I'll take it uh, is her just being the like, I'm ride or die for the declaration. I am seeing this <laughs> thing protected. It makes no sense. And it's it's exclusively there to give Nick Cage a romantic interest. And we just didn't need that. No. It added nothing to the film. It added the ick. It added yeah, the it ick to the yeah. film. I... <laughs> Look, in any type of, especially this type of action adventure film, which is just a terrible genre that's just generic and everything gets slotted into, I ask, can I see them breaking up off screen before the sequel? Yeah, is she in the sequel? I, I doubt it. I don't remember. <laughs> but I can I see them breaking up it. off screen before the sequel. So that means the romance here probably shouldn't be in. Yeah, no. I hope she takes half his money in the divorce and then starts her own adventure business. All right. Well, we could follow these clues all night long from one scene to the next again and again and again and again because there's just there's so many. Indiana Jones did like four tops. Come on, guys. Shave it down. But we need to get down to brass tacks and ask the question that we do every week. So, Casey, I'm going to kick this off with you. From 2004, starring Nicolas Cage, National Treasure, would you watch it again? Ooh. This toes the line of genres of is this for me or not? Um, <laughs> history, ugh, not action chasey heisty stuff yes is this was too library math rock for me um there was not enough actual action there was a lot of really shitty cutting to make it look more actiony than it was it felt like the equivalent of a child describing their dream to you where just like none of these are connected. It makes no sense to anyone that isn't telling the story. Um, and frankly, I got so upset at the end when they lit one lantern and it showed this like mile deep room of all this this golden shit. Oh my you God. Thought so that was on history things on fire. I know. How do you know it's not a fucking bomb at the end? Also, you thought all of that was going to fit on that one tiny ship. You stupid fucks. Uh, but I guess in short, no, no, I would not watch this again. I'm not ruling out watching the first, like the second, the third, the 12th, whatever. Um, I'm good on that one. I hope the next one isn't two hours long. It it felt two hours. You're gonna you're gonna carry that weight. Jay, how about you? Starring Sir Nicholas Cage, the freshly un Nicholas Cage Presley, just got divorced the same year. National Treasure, would you watch it again? 
I think that there's some really interesting ideas in this movie. I would have loved if they would have been a bit more focused and had some fun with it. For example, if the movie was just about the heist of the Declaration of Independence, that could have been great. And they could have leaned into and, and they could have kept it PG that way. And or let in, Nick Cage Nick Cage more. Right. And let yeah, Nick Cage doesn't really Nick Cage. You notice throughout this entire episode, we haven't talked much about Nick Cage being wild or doing any crazy stuff. He doesn't stand out in this movie. Yeah, Sean Bean is far more electric than he, than Nick Cage is on screen. That being said, I fucking hate American mythology, and this is unbridled, high-octane American mythology, just Americana shoved up my ass. And it's in a boring ass lens. I felt like it was going to fucking stop at some point and try and like get me to join the army and then tell me what toys to buy. I'm here without you, baby. I had fun with this when I was younger, but Casey, you're right. I don't think this is for me. I don't want to watch it again. So that's two. No, I'm not going to watch it again. But Dave, what about you? 2004's National Treasure. You are the one that decides whether or not this gets a zero out of three. Would you watch it again? Jay, really quick, would you watch like two or three? Probably not. They kidnapped the vice president in the second one. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a hard no. Lucky. If I want to see the kid, the vice president get kidnapped, I'm going to do it in a hockey rink like a real man. Yeah, that's sexy. Um, okay, so real quick for both of you. Jay, this is hindsight is 2020 month, so stopping to tell us what toys to buy would be very accurate for our children. Right, yes. Right. That's what I'm in, saying. In case what is the latest in super soaker technology? Yeah. All right, man. There is so much in theory about this movie that I really like. Like Indiana Jones conspiracy theories in a totally different aesthetic from what we normally see it. Absolutely. On board. Heist of the Declaration of Independence. So goddamn stupid. Let's fucking make that movie. Nicolas Cage in any or all of the above. Goddamn yes. And I really like at the beginning of this movie how Nick Cage is actually kind of playing a different character. He... he, he seems to be really into the whole Americana thing. He's doing the history nerd thing. And then as soon as Abigail gets involved into the plot, he just turns into Nick Cage again, completely yeah. and totally. Yes. Yeah. He's high on his own supply. It's 2003 Nick Cage. I had some really good memories of this movie, and I actually remembered it a lot more fondly and going back and watching it again. It's just, wow, it was really just a couple of set pieces that I liked a lot and some ideas that the movie had. But I think if you give me enough time, I'm going to forget all those same things again. <laughs> okay. So it's probably going to take near on another 20 years, but yeah, I'll probably still watch <laughs> national treasure one again. Okay. Follow up. Would you watch two, three or 11? Oh, Maybe I'd watch two again at some point just to see if it's as bad as I remember. I'm not, I'm not, I'm on, I'm not watching new national treasures now. Oh, wow. Okay. But that is it. Cinemites. One out of three of us is going to eventually subject themselves to national treasure again. Two out of three of us are going to leave it together. Dust. Eh? Eh? See what it did there? History. No, thing? I don't get it. I don't get it. Because eh. history things are dusty. But what about you? Would you watch it again? Are you going to watch the sequels or the, 
apparently TV show that was made of the property? Why? You made us watch it. You guys better fucking watch it again. So we have one more week left in hindsight is 2020, Bon. What are we going to be watching next week? Dave, I'm glad you said that. Not only is it dear to all of our childhoods, but it's important to this podcast. We're going to be watching 1996's The Phantom. Woo! Yes! Oh, God damn it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Billy Zane, baby. We get some in Billy Zane. Zane in the membrane. In Treat Zane Williams as Xander Drax. This is going to be a banger. Oh, we will just have to wait to get our special ring in the mail till next week. Follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Donate to our treasure trove at Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn off the light. Find another clue. Find another clue. Find another clue. Find another clue. No, no, I swear to God, it's here. This has never happened before. Find another clue. <laughs> Find another clue. <laughs> <laughs>